the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother, Lazarus, who was ill. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said this, and then told them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death. Oh, they thought that he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died, and I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him, for Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her, Saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. 
But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I think if, uh, if I were to figure the, the worst, one of the worst times of the year uh, in the life of a child, I'd say it's probably going to be about a month or shortly after Christmas for them. And why? Well, because this brand new article of clothing that they have that they've probably worn close to seven days a week is starting to develop a little bit of a hole in it, right? A rip or a tear starting to form. Maybe more explicitly, a, a toy that they've been given, a, a toy that's maybe a prized possession of theirs, is now at a point where it's starting to stop working. <laughs> and they recognize this, right? A, a tantrum ensues, there's a little bit of drama in the house, and they set this thing aside upset that it no longer works. For us as adults, we laugh because nine times out of ten, it's not actually broken. It's an easy fix, as long as we have a few AA batteries in the house. So why is it then that it's difficult for us to move beyond this kind of toddler mentality when we think that our spiritual life is broken? Right, let me explain. We, we get, you know, especially when, when kids come off to college, we recognize that loving God is pretty darn tough. We move away from our families. We get to this point where, where the warm and fuzzies are no longer a part of our spiritual life, and this very gift of faith that we've been given seems to be broken. And so what happens then is we recognize that, well, something's not working, and this tantrum ensues, and we set it aside, and we realize where we begin to think, well, I don't really need this. It's broken, and I don't really need to worry about fixing it. Because when we run out of juice in our spiritual life, it's easy to convince ourselves that we've simply grown out of our faith. But when we take this essential gift, this essential part of our life, and we, we lay it to the side, even if simply by accident, then we can become like Woody in Toy Story 2. Right? He, he had this little rip in his arm, and so Andy sets him aside, and, and then accidentally his mom puts it in the sale for the yard sale. When the neighbor sweeps in and, and steals him away, it's the same thing for us with the evil one. He's lurking, looking for a time to snatch us up, to snatch us away. And for Woody, when he goes off away from those essential relationships in his life, he begins to think that he has no need to even return. He begins convinced 
that he belongs elsewhere. And an emptiness begins to settle in to his life and into ours. But there's something more than what the eye can see. We know that, that beyond the outer shell of a toy, there's this compartment for the very animating principle, the very batteries that give these toys life, that give them energy. And for us, at our very base, as we discussed that first Sunday of Lent, we're more than just what the eye can see. We were created out of love with a body and a soul. And the soul, the very animating principle of our life, is more than just a philosophical reality. It's more essential than just something contained in a textbook. And Jesus teaches us that today throughout all of our readings, but most particularly in the Gospel. Because He has the power to give life. And so it's the difference between life and death. Right in the first reading today, the Lord promises that He will put His Spirit within us. And we see played out in the Gospel when He calls Lazarus out of the tomb that God has the power to give us life. So the question for us, I think, on this fifth Sunday of Lent is a question that's kind of posed to Martha. It's a question of not only do you believe, but if you believe, are you willing to plug yourself in to this reality? Because the choice is to plug ourselves into this reality on a daily basis or to live that toddler life and to just let it go to the side thinking that it's broken and we no longer have need of it. We have to remain awake. And much like a phone, if it doesn't have charge, there's no way it's going to operate as it should. And for us to stay awake, for us to, to, not avoid, or for us to avoid falling asleep means then that we have to have faith. We have to believe. And what is faith but belief in the testimony of another? Well, how are we going to believe in the testimony of another if we don't trust them? And how is trust built up but a continual investment in that relationship? Invest in that relationship means that that we've made ourselves available to the very promise of God, that we're open to seeing how that promise that He made in the first reading is actually coming true in our life. He says, I have promised it and I will do it. So for us to plug ourselves into Christ then is an essential reality. And this is why St. Paul can tell the Romans today that if you live in Christ, He will give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit dwelling in you. And so my brothers and sisters, when Christ asked Martha the question, if she believed that everyone who lived and believed in Christ would never die, she says, yes, Lord, I have come to believe. But pay attention to that very last line that she says. I believe that you are the Christ, the one who is coming into the world. Now, what does that mean? I mean, Christ was right there in front of her. So why would we say to someone, I believe you're the one coming into the world? What is she still waiting on if he's right in front of him? A a personality lagging behind? No. She's admitting that he has yet to reveal the fullest extent of his power in her life. Jesus is waiting to reveal himself fully to us. His fullness of his power is yet to come in our lives. We have to sew up 
this torn relationship. We have to plug ourselves into this essential relationship to nourish the soul because to simply nourish the body, to simply wait for those feelings is not enough. The Lord is asking us in these last two weeks of Lent through daily prayer, through reading of Scripture, through the sacraments to plug ourselves in to receive the life that He has promised for us. And when we do this, we'll recognize that He is, yes, coming into this world. He is coming into our life in an intimate way. You know, Woody didn't give up. He had his doubts. He even considered not going back to Andy. But in the end, recharged with this mission, healed, he was willing to go into the breach, just as Christ called his disciples to in the gospel today. So let us go with our Lord these last two weeks into the battle, into Jerusalem, willing to die to self, to get our arms stitched back in the sacrament of confession, to get recharged, even to pray when it doesn't feel good, and to receive that very life, that very outpouring of his life when the two become one flesh and receiving the sacrament, his body, blood, soul, and divinity refashioned and re-given to us at this altar so that we no longer set him aside, but now we believe in him, we plug ourselves into him, and we live in Christ. Let us be found then at the foot of the cross because it's there that we receive the gift of an ending battery, the promise of eternal life.